The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. Well, welcome into another episode of the Story World Podcast. This is, I believe, episode number 36. We're talking about how to adapt a story. And really where this comes from is at the time of this recording, there is just a flurry of controversy, as we knew there would be, around this new series called The Rings of Power by Amazon, which we've talked about on the show briefly before, um, and we're going to talk about a lot more in an upcoming episode. Uh, hint, hint. But um, it it, it kind of brings up the question, how do you adapt a story? How, you know, is it possible to... Uh, take a an ancient, call it, you know, it's not really ancient, but a an older work of fiction um, or anything, really, and adapt it for a modern audience. How might you go about that, and how do you do it well? So that's it. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that introduces the subject um, um, perfectly fine. Um, it, I think a lot of times, um, especially when people um, say if they like a um, – a public figure, let's just say Abe Lincoln, and then they watch the Abe Lincoln biopic, what you tend to see is a lot of your huge Abe Lincoln fans who reads, I don't know, journal entries that he made or all this kind of stuff. will look at the movie and say, oh, that's wrong. I don't really like how they did that. Kind of like the snobby people, and I'm one of them where, oh, you should read the book. It's a lot better than the movie. Kind of like that. Um, yeah. And then, and so, and then you have people who just don't care and then people who want to see different stuff. And so um, I think... It, there's really no clear cut way of how you should adapt something. There are just ways that you can adapt something. Does that make sense? At least. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I think so. Yeah. So we're going to kind of go down this road here. I think it, we might have a few rabbit trails, but um, I, of course I'm kind of looking at it. Um, I made these notes really quickly. I just kind of thought that there's mostly three veins looking at it from it could even be a non-fictional side too but just because my mind is geared towards fiction of how to adapt a story i'll just kind of summarize those three right now the first one is true to form um, um i'm thinking of dune and the uh the lord of the rings trilogy um for the most part um where if you watch any of those movies and then you read the books yeah, there's still going to be some changes as there pretty much always is in any adaption. But for the most part, they've really hit um, the essence, the specifics, whenever lore is put in there and whatever the writer, original creator wanted to put forth to the reader or whoever, you know, values their work um, can get from it. Um, so that's kind of the true to form. Second, you have, I, I guess this isn't really true because fan fiction could anything, but I hit fan fiction. Um, just because in my mind, I think of fan fiction as you're going to have some pretty cool callbacks um, to maybe something that was in the original work of art and fans are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's cool that they brought that in there. 
But then you're going to have a fan who just writes their own characters and might change some type of how a magic spell works. That's not really canon. Um, and that's kind of how I think of fan fiction as. Um, and then um, loosely based. And we probably won't even talk about that much. Uh, think about how many times you've seen a movie that says based on a true story and you look it up and you go, oh, wow, this was a true story. And turns out it really wasn't a true story. It's just an idea that the director got from a story he heard on the news or something. <laughs> so anyway, right, that's, right, that's kind of right. how, uh, how my mind kind of works uh, thinking about that. So just one question I have there kind of on that overview is does, does historical fiction come into play here at all? Or is that something entirely different? Would you say? I think it follows. Yeah. Right. in suit. Yeah. I would think so. It, yeah. there it's, it's kind of funny too, because with historical fiction, I mean, that's kind of adapting history anyway. It's almost like it's acceptable yeah. to do that, you know, go crazy with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, so for example, there's um, um, a writer that I really like in the biblical world. His name is Tim Chafee. And one of the things that he did is, um, so he's done a lot of work, study, especially from the theological and historical angle on the uh, the biblical account of the flood you know, Noah's Ark and all of that. Um, and he's written a series of historical fictions on the life of Noah. And of course, these are fictional stories that you couldn't get from anywhere, but they use the best knowledge that we have about, about the real person of yeah. history named uh, Noah to help us shed more information around what his life might have actually uh, been like for example one of the things that he did is is I, I think one of the stories centers around the fact that uh he's a shipbuilder and he learned the craft of shipbuilding from his uh father-in-law and that's completely like we would never like you know hear that from history or or whatever um but at the end of the day he built like a, a big boat <laughs> and so it kind of makes sense that he would have learned the craft of shipbuilding from somebody close to him in order mm. to, as part of his preparation, um, that you know God was preparing him to actually build this this you know this boat. So anyway, I, I always thought that that was kind of a, a neat thing, and I didn't know where that sort of fit on the spectrum. I'll kind of um, might as well. It kind of skips around my points a little bit. That's totally fine. I'll kind of um, add to that where one of the reasons that I kind of have for. Um, again fan fiction what i kind of put in that category is um to a large extent uh, the hobbit movies and also rings of power is um not necessarily with them exactly but um one reason why you see um yeah fan fiction or adaptions that might add a bunch of stuff to um content or change some things but mostly adding to is because there's a lack of content to begin with so for instance let's say um, like in this case, Noah, we basically, you know, we know what the Bible says about Noah. And then we can kind of fit in the puzzle pieces of what probably happened, what probably didn't happen. But for instance, learning from his father-in-law how to build a ship. We don't know exactly if that's true or not, but this is how this person depicts it. It's because he doesn't have this a lack of content that he has to go by. So he has to fill in the gaps. So if you're trying to adapt a story, uh, let's say you read a book and you love a side character in the book. And you're like, oh, man, I really want to adapt this side character. Like, and just make a whole story about him. Um, if you only have what the book says, you're going to have to fill in some content that's missing there on your own. Um, so that's kind of where that middle ground is, where 
you kind of want to stay true to form on things, but you're also going to take some liberties as well because you kind of need to in instances like that. And then the other, I guess, kind of the first one I was going to talk about the true to form uh, way of adapting. Um, now, this is I, this is what I prefer. I think probably most people prefer, especially if you're fans of the original work. Um, like, for example, so true to form, um, I put down Dune and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I will give an example of, I guess, what, like a, an example of a movie that was not true to form. Even though it's some people's favorite movie who didn't read the book, it's my least favorite movie. So the fourth Harry Potter movie. Um, okay. People love that movie and, and it is a good movie. But um, for some reason, that one, um, it's probably my least favorite movie because it takes away um, so much out of the books. Not necessarily changing stuff, although some stuff is different too, but a lot of stuff is just taken out simply because of time for the movie. They could have easily made two movies out of it. And so, um, so yeah, it, it just kind of irks me. So I would say that people who are very familiar with a writer's work, a content creator's work, very much prefer the true to form way, which is what I prefer as well. And again, I, I listed Dune, I think Dune even more so maybe, I don't know Dune as much as Lord of the Rings, but um, Dune, when I watched the movie, just amplified, just uh, really captured what the book was. And even though it changed some stuff, um, uh, one kind of random thing, but another couple things, um, really, for the most part, it stayed true to form. And uh, it was really enjoyable because of that. And I think um, people who had never read the books, um, you you had never read the book before. I think you, you thought yeah. it was a great movie. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that's kind of um that's kind of an area where but even the true to form ones though, um, straight from the path, um, I guess is uh the way to put it. Um and so even in the Lord of the Rings uh trilogy, um just a lot of changes that are in it too. Um, for whatever reason. Sometimes I don't see a reason for it, other times there are reasons for it. Um, and even in Dune. So even those true to form ones, I'm trying to really think of an example. Dune's kind of the best one that I think of. I'm sure there's other movies out there that might be better where it is a perfect adaption of what has happened. And I just don't, I don't think you can one either find it or if you can, man, they must be very few and far between. But that's kind of mm. my two examples. It's kind yeah. of a quick overview and I could be wrong on all this. is just my opinion, of course. But uh, just kind of uh, the three main ones, you kind of have the true to form. You have the fan fiction category that I put it in where you really you call back a lot to the um, the original, you know, the original work of art, um, but also play around a lot of it, take liberty. And then you have your third category, which really even shouldn't be a category, just loosely based on an idea from someone's work or a story that happened. Yeah. And so I guess it's probably fair to say that. Uh, because there's a lot of passion around this, right? There's, there's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, like. I think it's fair to say that people are going to get the most up in arms around that first one, right? True to form. It's kind of like they're less forgiving. Okay. When, when you're going into it with the expectation of a true to form sort of, you know, style, then there seems to be very little forgiveness from purists um, when it doesn't match right up or, you know, it doesn't, it's like, and I know we're going to get more into rings of power. Um, next time rings of power is not really, uh, 
Rings of Power is not really an adaptation so much as it is an extension of the of the story, but mm-hmm. it's definitely falling under fire because it because allegedly it's not holding true to the you know quality standard of of Tolkien and it's uh, and it's again allegedly missing some important you know uh, keys of the story and you know for me I'm just like you know it's probably an unfair standard to hold any writer to Tolkien number one right so it's <laughs> yeah, very things, true yeah right it's probably an unfair standard it's like is it really going to be like is, can you possibly expect it to be that good that's not fair um to be one of the greatest literary artists of all time I mean, it's like okay your screenwriters for amazon probably aren't that good um, <laughs> you know we we know it we know the space guys at amazon build uglier rockets than elon mm. and so i have no problem believing that the overzealous bookstore of the internet doesn't have the writing quality that tolkien does yep. um and 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 yet i think it's pretty good um and and I think when you get into actual adaption territory as well, see, this is something that I don't know if it's adaption or adaptation. I guess both both work. Um, well, I know for, for me, I have not historically been much of a reader. You know, which which you know, at least, especially not a, a fiction reader, right? That's still kind of pretty new for me. So I've always been the hey, just let me watch the movie, you know, kind of right. guy. And so for me, it's never really bothered me. I'm like, what are people getting all up in arms about? Um, and, but, but the others are a lot more forgiving, right? So when you're in the world of fan fiction or just historical fiction or something, you know, or like the loosely based, like you said, um, you know, I don't think anybody holds these high expectations for those as they do with the true to form. So if you're going to try to do the true to form thing, um, then I guess be ready to meet some criticism and, and I hope you got some thick skin because it's like, man especially when you got people who are passionate. I mean, I know people who are up in arms about the new Dune movie because they thought the 1980s Dune movie or whatever was was better. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? You're probably just an old freaking curmudgeon because that (laughs) new, that Dune movie was freaking like as a movie on its own was fantastic i mean from the soundtrack to the yeah. actors to the everything i thought was just fantastic and so it's like i'm sorry if it didn't live up to the standard of your of your you know 1980s flick you know bob but it was pretty darn good um in my very humble and completely correct yeah opinion. it was very good i need to read the book again and watch the movie right after just to get more knowledgeable with that because there's a lot of stuff in there. He packs yeah, and, a lot into it. You know, and let me say another thing too. Um, I'm a little opinionated on this stuff. You know, uh, it's it in one sense it's kind of crazy that there's nothing new under the sun. Like I I honestly can't believe that my kids right now are into some of the very same things that I was into when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like my kids are digging shows like Pokemon, um, <laughs> Power Rangers, the Kratz. Like when I was a kid, 
Kratz Creatures was my jam. Like, Zubumafu <laughs> was a little after my time. My wife yeah. liked Zubumafu, but a lot of people don't know that Zubumafu was a little bit more popular version of a show called Kratz Creatures. It's one of the first one that Chris and Martin Kratz did where they went around and you know, chilled with all these animals all across the world and everything. Well, now they've got a more animated version of the show, but it's the same two guys called the Krat, you know, Wild Krats. And so my my son Jackson, he loves them. He just calls them the Krat Brothers. I'm like, they are into the same things that I was in. And then I think of things like movies, you know, movies like uh, me and my wife were talking about The Parent Trap the other day. You know, there was that 90s uh, one that I saw with Lindsay Lohan. Well, that's just a remake of whatever, a 1950s one or whatever. And so there's a couple different rabbit trails that you could go down here. One of those is certainly that, well, you know, the writer of the Bible had it right. Uh, Solomon, you know, there's just, there's just nothing new under the sun, right? Things repeat themselves uh, in, in story terms. Like you guys know this, there's only a few, you know, main variations of mm-hmm. stories that you're going to have, you know, the names will change, the situations will change, but the stories for the most part are, you know, going to be similar. Um, I think that so so I if anything I err more on the side of appreciation for people who are willing to take stories that people have loved for a long time and uh bring them to newer and more modern audiences. So for example, I thought the 90s parent trap movie with Lindsay Lohan was a fantastic movie. Um, I, whether it still is, I don't know. Like, I, I, I watch <laughs> don't watch it again. Don't watch it again. With a critical eye, you know, maybe I shouldn't watch it again. But growing up, it was one of those movies that I watched all the time, right? Me too. It's one yeah. of my favorites, right? But like, no way would I have watched like the 1950s one that it was, you know, the original one. Exactly. Like, no way would I have watched that, right? But that story, which I thought was cool, was told to me in a way that I related with. So if anything, I'm I'm erring on the side of appreciation when I not not frustration when I see remakes happen because I'm now like this is kind of crazy, but I am now officially old enough that like remakes are starting to happen. <laughs> yeah. Right? In my yeah, lifetime. Like, yep. like, like I'm 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 looking at that movie and I'm like, that movie is not old. What you talking about? Like that's not an old movie. But like, no, it legit is, right? And so like they're actually and I, I had an example, but now I can't remember it. But but there's a couple like this already that it's like, you know, like whatever. Like Lion King. I mean, even the Lion King, it's like, okay, well now we're making it into um you know, a version that is more like suitable for a modern audience, better graphical stuff and whatever. And it's like these classic stories, I think do need to be reintroduced. And if I can just say to, to, to kind of wrap up this thought, I know we're going to talk a lot more about this next time, but the rings of power specifically, I, I actually have deep appreciation for it because is it whatever, is it like perfect Tolkien or whatever? Well, like probably not. No. Um, but it's introducing a world to a, a potentially brand new audience. I mean, I, I don't have the exact numbers, but I heard something like over 25 million people. Like I heard like this is one of the biggest, if not the biggest television shows of all time. Like we already know it's the most expensive and the biggest production television show of all time. We know that. But I'm saying that like, I think I think we have data that says that this is the highest, like the most watched mm-hmm. premiere or whatever of all time of, of a show. And I don't know whether or not that's true. So don't quote me, but like that's pretty impressive. And it means a lot of people who were not, beforehand like introduced to the world of the lord of the rings to tolkien's world a lot of new people are coming to that um 
And I think that's kind of cool. So I think it's a brave thing that they did. Whether or not it's perfect, that's less of my concern. I'm just concerned that somebody cares about getting the story out there and wants to do a pretty good job. Um, so I think they're. I think the whole mindset around adaptation is a good thing. Yeah, I, I think I do think it is good that we're talking about it because, again, just just depending on the medium, it's it's hard to fit every single thing in something unless like you're given the opportunity or even just like the bandwidth, shall we say, to do it. So, for instance, I think probably the most acceptable form of deviating from the original content is just totally taking something out because that way you're not adding to it or changing it. So, for instance, in the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, there's no Tom Bombadil in the movie. Um, there's no Vera Whites in the movie. Um, they just took yeah. a whole section of that. And I think a lot of even like purists are okay with that because you're not changing the story. You just didn't have the time to do it. But in in any situation, though, you're going to have these changes that happen. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was going to align there. I think I forgot where I was going with that. But yeah, we'll get into it more next week with the uh, the Rings of Power. But um. It'll be. I think it'll be a really fun conversation because um, you've never really been into Lord of the Rings. Now you're going through the books and you watch the first yeah. movie. And yeah, of course, fun. me, I I wouldn't say I am a tokenist scholar of the highest order, but um, I I definitely uh, you know, know my fair share of uh, you know Cimmerillian lore and uh, you know very much lean towards that side. Um, and so, like for instance, it would be my preference to actually see like a Cimmerillion movie made in a like dramatized um like documentary i think that would be amazing if they could oh do yeah that. so that's what i would love but um so i think next week will be a really fun conversation just going over the rings of power and what we think so far and with this in mind too about what this specific um i think you were right on that it's not it's part adaptation and then part extension of the world i think that was a good way that you framed that so that'll be really fun to dig into yeah yeah absolutely i, I think that's going to be cool um i guess I, I guess one thing because i'm the marketing guy and so somebody expects me to i, I guess come up with something useful uh from my marketing slash business perspective on this i'll just take a second to say that um there is a, a way of an adapting stories um in your marketing in your business in your life as you're thinking about it and when i say marketing remember we're all in the business of marketing you don't have to have a business or whatever like you are you are in the business of marketing yourself if at any point in time you want somebody to care about you or what you have to say which is pretty much every human being alive you know we're all in the marketing business um and so uh this just kind of goes to being a more interesting person all around i would say that a lot of us have um, things that happen to us that like, they don't really seem like that important or that big of a deal or the kind of things that people would care about. Um, but if told the right way and used at the right time, these things can definitely matter. Um, so for example, like we talked last week, my story the week last week was about how my thumb got jacked up. Um, that's it. It's something that happened. It's not a great thing, right? As I record this now, since this is literally an hour after just telling that story, because we kind of sometimes <laughs> record podcasts back to back. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Um, my thumb is obviously not better yet. Uh, so I'm still, you know, it's obviously still big time on my mind. You know, a couple months down the road, it's going to hopefully be something that is not, you know, not top of mind for me. Um, 
but I'm already starting to to think of, well, how does this little thing that happened fit within the larger story of my life? What lesson is there to learn? And you know, what I'm going to do, frankly, is as I'm creating content, this is just going to be in my drawer. You know, it's something, it's a thing that happened that most people would never think to bring up unless they had to, but I'm trying to think of, well, how can I use that to give my attractive character in the world, um, uh, uh, something dynamic like and so as i create content i'm going to be thinking about this and i'm going to be thinking about well how does it fit within the larger context of who i am how it's shaping me how i'm thinking about things for example i already know that it's going to have something to do with patience because i truly believe like <laughs> no really like I, I it is funny but i truly believe like i meant what i said like i'm right now it's so funny that all this stuff is happening like i'm kind of like i'm I, again, I've had a pretty good life, but these last couple of weeks have been kind of rough. I'm not going to lie. Um, and at the same time, I'm reading through the book of Job, which if you know anything about the book of Job in the Bible, it is all about suffering and about waiting on God and about patience and about um, trusting God even when it's hard. Um, tonight, our lesson at small group at church was patience. Um uh, out of the book of James talking about patience and waiting on the Lord. And it's like, so I really believe I'm being taught something about patience throughout this time. And believe it or not, like, I don't know how it's going to shape up or whatever, but I have plans to, at some point, use this story as an important uh, talking point. Maybe it, maybe it could be in a sales pitch or it could just be, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe somehow I get a platform. I, I you know, a ministry pod, like I'm going to record a podcast for my ministry podcast, the Bible learn podcast about patience. And I'll use the story. So what I'm saying is you can actually adapt something that happens, a, a regular old story from your life or a mundane thing from your past to a particular audience that's, that you're trying to reach or uh, for a particular situation that you're trying to, um, um, to get at. And it's like, for me in business, like, I've talked about it many times on this podcast already, but my pastor porn story, it's my go-to story thing that <laughs> happened, you know, built a website for a pastor. It gets redirected to a porn site. And it's like, well, that was a sucky situation, but like, I cannot tell you how many subscription web design packages that story has sold for me over the years. And so what you do is you pick out the details that are the most relevant for the situation, cut off the stuff like the story of my thumb being, you know, messed up that I told last time, by the time I tell that story 20 times, it's going to sound a lot different. It's going to, and, and then from that point on, it's going to sound the same every time. It'll be more concise yep. and the point will be more, you know, I'm going to find a point to make from that story uh, that is, sounds nothing like the rambling I'm doing now and actually use it for a purpose. And that's what I'm getting at. Okay. So, um, so even, adapting stories from your own life in order to fit particular situations in in your life um i think are important a lot of times people don't care about the boring details they care about the important points so the more you create content the more you talk to people and the more you mold your the stories of your past and think about how they can be used for you in the future the better awesome good stuff yeah i never really yeah adapting it more like uh it's a uh, adaptation in a different way where you're kind of trying to uh take your environment and what's around you and push it to to benefit you. It's a interesting way to look at it. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, look at the Bible in Romans 15, four, it says these things that were written a four time were written for our learning. And 
what the the point there is that the, written a four time it's referring this is a passage from the new testament it's referring to the old testament and the point is is that you know ultimately the reason why the stories of abraham and job and noah and daniel and samuel and all these other people are in there um they're written for our learning they're written for us to be able to uh learn from and the same is true of just your personal life i mean i i truly believe mm -hmm. that you go um there's a saying, you grow through what you go through. Mm. I fully believe that. If I didn't believe that, it would, frankly, it would make life kind of miserable. And so this is not really a marketing point I'm making. This is sort of just a life point, uh, but it applies to marketing. And that is just be always be looking for the lesson. Um, and sometimes it's not going to be readily apparent. Like right now, I know the lesson is probably something to do with patience, but I don't know exactly what it is. But I'm looking for it. Um, and, and it's going to hit me at some point. And when, when it does, that's when all the pieces are going to fall into place. Um, but you can learn from your past and you can even take those things and, and tell the stories in such a way, uh, that it benefits you in the future. So mm. I, I do think it's something that we should be actively looking for, especially if we're trying to influence other people and yeah. become a more dynamic person. So that's a, that's a really great way to sum it up. Um, become a more dynamic person and influence people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, Stephen. Thank you. Sweet. Yes. You're welcome, Alexander. Is that your full name or is it you, just Alex? The first name's John. John Alex. John Al. Yeah. John. That's, yeah, okay. That's so, oh, yeah. So is it, but is it, it's just John Alex. It's not John Alexander. Nope. John Alex Jagir. And my first name is spelled without an H. It's pretty simple until you get to the last name. Interesting. You know, so you're one of those weirdos who was like, you were named the nickname. Yes. Um, you know, like my name is not Steve, right? It's Steven, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm Steve. That's, that's how I know you. Just Steve doing Steve things. <laughs> that's sure, by the way. It's a that sounds shirt. great. It's and a fantastic shirt. You know, I've had plenty of shirts over these years and it's, it's really the, one of the best fantastic shirts I've ever, I've ever had. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well we're really off the rails now stories of the week shall it we? is also past 1 a.m and nothing good happens past one this is true this is all true. right okay story of the week um go for I'll, go ahead. I'll go ahead first um i know really nothing about this except i saw the trailer and then our friend um who was the associate pastor at our church now he's uh out training in flower mounds texas all right flower is a flower man flower mound that, that sounds right i think that's correct Anywho, he said that this was, um, he read the book that this movie is based off of, um, speaking of adaptation. So it's called All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay. And it's a World War One movie coming on Netflix in, I think, a month or two. And um, I really like kind of like gritty movies that kind of get down to the, to the realism of things. And this movie, yeah. I guess the book is known for being like, it's, it's not following real people but it's following like they basically based on stories of what actually happened during world yeah. war one and so that's what this movie is and i think that it's it's supposed to be like very uh, a hard read by how um, brutal it gets i think the movie is supposed to follow pretty closely aligned with the book's contents and so um looking forward to that i think it should be really good anyway yeah, yeah. So it's called all quiet on the western front 100 percent cool very good. Be looking forward to that. Um, all right. So my story of the week is um, a YouTube channel 
well, it's the, it's the Wired YouTube channel, so they do a ton of stuff on there. But one of the series that they do, I've come across it for different things, and it's so cool. It's called Five Levels. And basically what you have, have you ever seen this? I I don't think so. No, I, I don't think I have. So it's so cool. So what you have is in these different areas, these different fields, these different subject matters, you have a subject matter expert who explains the concept. Oh, I yeah. To, okay. Yeah, I did. Yep. To five levels of people going from basically a child yep. to one of their equals. Right. Yep. And it's interesting because they have to explain the same thing, but they have to put it in a way that is understandable to each of those different um, age groups and levels of knowledge. And so I've seen two of them so far. I'm interested to see what other ones there are. The two I've seen so far are um, Black Holes. That was neat. Yeah, Black I brought holes. that one. That was a good one. Okay. And then there was one on um, – um, I forget the exact subject matter, but it was on – it was related to playing the piano um, by Jacob Collier. Jacob Collier is a fantastic uh, Grammy winning um, musician. He's like in his, you know, early twenties, I think um, the dude's nuts though. Hmm. Uh, he's like, yeah, he like corrects, like, I'm not kidding. He, he corrects like the actual scale, like the, the, the actual uh -huh. scale of music is like off on once on a couple cents by one thing. And he like points that out. It's cr craziest thing. Uh -huh. Anyway, I don't even know how that's possible. How you correct yeah, music, but he can literally correct music. It's insanity. Um, and he's, and he's right. So anyway, it's just nuts. So, um, but it's cool mm. because it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. It seems to me like there's some real story parallel here. It's like, um, cause when you start out, it's like, like you, when the, when the people start out with the lowest, like the child, they're having to do a lot of explaining and like getting feedback from the child to make sure they understand along the way. But when it gets to the subject matter expert who's an equal with them, it's sort <laughs> of like just a flowing conversation. And they're like, yeah. you know, the, the concepts are way more advanced. And they're just talking about like, if anything, the future of whatever the thing is, not just trying to explain the basics of it. So and I guess where you get really lost, cool. like at one level, you start to get a little bit overwhelmed by. Yeah, that's, that's right. And if I could just, I guess, implore you to take a lesson from that in marketing. A lot of times, um, and just in life in general, really, what you're doing is you're communicating. It's called the curse of knowledge. You know things, and because you know them, you assume other people know them as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so we often, like if, like if we know something at a level 10, we tend to communicate it at a level 6. And the people that we're usually trying to communicate to, or in my world, it would be sell to, but really communicate or sell to are at like a level two. Um, so we need to talk to them eight levels down. And really, we're only going about four levels down. Um, so you'd be surprised how much more detail and context you often have to give uh, for people to understand what you're really trying to say. So a lot of my writing these days for, uh, for the blog, um, for my business blog, is stuff that it's like really basic and simple sounding to me, but it's what my audience hmm. needs to know. It's what people searching for information needs to know. And um, so the more you can simplify things, uh, I guess the better is sort of a lesson to take away from it, but also just to always remember your audience, whoever you're talking to, you know, your audience doesn't have necessarily the level of knowledge that you do. So it's good to adapt for your audience. So I think it's uh, maybe another example of adapting a story. So I think uh, just, I think it would be really cool to see, maybe there's videos out there already like this, but see like a five level thing, a page that's all dedicated to um, like apologetics. 
like somehow or like oh, yeah. topics like anything like just even a topic like uh like justification or sanctification or just a- any number of things you know and going through yeah, that would be really cool to watch oh that's actually that's a that's a sweet idea i Maybe like that a lot it out loud oh. <laughs> i'm writing down the, the podcast now so <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's that's legit that is awesome sweet uh cool well thank you for joining us again and uh we're seeing some pretty good numbers on YouTube and uh, spot on uh, all our podcasting uh, platforms. And so uh, really appreciate everyone watching and being fans, if you can call yourself that, but uh, just following us along and enjoying yeah. the story world with us. Yeah, it's super fun, man. This has been uh, this has been just an awesome, a real pleasure. And uh, just share it. Yeah, share it with your friends. Tell others. Let's get more people listening. Build up, build up this community. All right. See you next time.